Welcome to Innovating Music, a podcast from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation. I'm your host, Dr. Gigi Johnson. Dennis Mercy is our guest this week talking about innovation as the solving of a problem. He started in rock radio and A&R for Shakira at one point in time with Sony Music and now is global business development with Codiscos. He's going to talk about the growing pains from innovation and the unique changes happening in the Latin urban market and his experiences in dealing with those growing pains. I started working in rock radio here in the United States. So my first job was in, in Texas, in Houston, Texas, for a radio station called um, 104 KRBE, which which was in the 90s, so early to mid-90s. This is when Nirvana was hot. This is when uh, you know Pearl Jam, the whole grunge and alternative movement was, was big. Com- and it was a station that combined that music with some of the pop, like Alanis Morissette and some of the 90s pop. So you know, Cheryl Crow. Uh, these are the ones that, that ring a bell. You know, Radiohead, but Radiohead is more of the alternative genre. So from then, I went on to work for television, and then I, I got a job consulting for a, a huge radio group in Latin America um, that had stations in Colombia and Chile, and one in France but for some reason. And uh, from then, I met, um, you know, and then I went to, went to work for Sony Music uh, to become Shakira's A&R. That was, wait, uh, wait, wait, again, got to stop right there. How did you end up being Shakira's A&R, and, and, and how was that? How did I end up getting that job, that gig? That was a great gig. Um, I mean, I, I was doing, I was consulting for a huge radio group. So, and they knew that my background was, uh, I came from the American side also. So they were looking for somebody with an international profile, somebody who knew, who was a musician, who had a sensibility for music. I had always dreamed about working for A&R. And I didn't know the difficulty it was going to be because it's, it's, I guess it's better to work for radio when people have to come to you to sell you stuff. Yeah. But then I went to A&R, which is my dream, my passion. So I went, uh, I did that and, and they, they said, hey, look, you have a big responsibility here. We have this up and coming um, artist that you may want to check out. There was, there was a few. So I, uh, when I arrived there, I, um, I kept a few. I got rid of a few and I uh, ended up working with Shakira during her uh, international development stage, which was uh, I guess '98. That's when they they were interested in releasing her on a larger level. So she was more of a local artist back then, and, and so I, I helped with her international uh, promotion, I guess. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was a great gig. It was a great gig. Yeah. So for great for gig. a dozen years now, you have been working to increase the sort of digital savvy and sophistication and connections. You've seen a lot in the past. 12 years then looking at this on the international platform yes um you know a lot of changes a lot of change. i mean we've seen uh changes since i mean i guess last 12 years is uh, 2005 so yeah what what happened since then you know we i ipods iphones you know the whole the whole growth of streaming uh youtube so the whole game has changed uh the depth of the cd i guess it's a slow death but it's it's uh, it's happening it's on it's on its last leg i guess um but yes, uh, there's a lot, a lot of changes since then that have happened, and we've had to adapt. So, and, and those things have been really important. At first, a lot of resistance towards uh, towards streaming. Uh, should we do this? Resistance towards downloads. So, a lot of it has been convincing people that this is good, convincing people that change is good, and um, is and getting... change good? I think change is is a is a given. I mean, change is something you can't really 
change. <laughs> change is something that you have to accept. You, you know, and and I guess the easier you adapt, the better. If you don't adapt, you die. So so you have to to um, to adapt to change. So if you're always if you always keep your eyes open for how things are, are going, you can adapt. If not, for example, what happened to a lot of labels and um, and the change of the century uh, when the you know the dot com era. Nobody wanted to license uh, anything to the, to the streaming services. Nobody wanted to talk to technology companies. Nobody wanted to talk to internet companies. And then Napster came along, and then and pulled the rug underneath everybody's feet. So, so you have to adapt. And then everybody's like, "No, we don't want Napster. We have to sue them." And then you get into this whole different game. But everybody wanted the consumer wanted Napster. The consumer wanted this, you know, celestial jukebox that we still talk about. And the consumer wanted it, and the labels wouldn't listen. So, so you have to you have to be open to change. You have to. So that's assuming that someone's are creating change. So maybe change in the flip side of of adapting to change is the innovation side, which is one of the themes of this podcast. What do you see that's then driving the innovation? Just because the consumer wants it, or what is it that what is innovation to you? Uh, innovation is. Um, the solving of a problem. So there's always problems in the industry or in any industry, uh, and and somebody has to come along and solve it. So innovation happens, I think, when somebody says, uh, "This can be better. This can be done better, or there must be a better way." And that's when innovation happens, which is great. So, for example, you know, let's let's uh, go back 15 years. You know, people had or, or you know, people had to handle uh, mail. Ma- let me mail you my CD. Let me mail you my promo kit. Now it's all digital. Let me just send you a link. A lot more convenient. I'd rather get a, I'd rather get a link uh, than than somebody send me a, a folder with a piece of paper and a picture and eight by ten and CDs like they used to. So so yeah, it's it, innovation comes when people see problems. So so technology has helped a lot with the industry. Of course, along the way, there's there's some growing pains. Uh, money's lost. Uh, a lot of piracy happens when there's innovation in the music industry. But but um, as in the Napster case. But um, I don't think in the long run, and now we're seeing the industry turn around and, and we're finally seeing people realize that it's a lot, well, not finally, it's been happening for a while. People realize that uh, that streaming is a lot, and downloading, I guess, when people still download, it's a lot more convenient than going to a torrent site or to going to Napster. And so it's a lot more convenient. So once the, once it's good for the consumer, that's when, I guess, the real innovation happens and everybody's happy. Now, we've talked separately about innovation, though, in Latin music. Has that been a different pathway than innovation overall? It, it is different. Um, well, uh, uh, let's say the real innovation happens, I guess. It's happening now, at least. The real innovation is happening in Silicon Valley and in Scandinavia, as we see with services such as Spotify and a lot of the other services coming out of, uh, I guess, Finland, Norway. We see a lot of uh, – there's a big tech – seen in Scandinavia, and most of it happens also in Silicon Valley. Latin America seems to mirror those uh, those trends, and they adapt it to the needs of Latin America. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any like new, I may be wrong, there, there, could, there could be a new service that I'm not aware of, but it mostly comes out of, uh, of the U.S. And, and right now Scandinavia and Europe than Latin America. But they seem to adapt to, um, you know, to the 
adapted adaptive technologies to to the Latin America. To, they change the language, they change it for the needs. You know, Latin America is, is not just one region that speaks Spanish. Uh, there, it's fourteen or you know different countries or, or so that uh, speak have very different cultures. So they they try to adapt these uh, technologies to meet everybody's needs. So it's not something uniform. So I tend to hear people talk about Latin music as if it's one big element. And I've been hearing a lot about Latin music um, having really almost different approaches to technology, including a different relationship with YouTube. What, how is all this happening in terms of technology with Latin music? And is it any different between the elements of Latin genres or geographies or anything like that? There, there is, there is. In Latin America, the I guess the behavior of the consumer is very different. So, for example, streaming is booming in Latin America right now. And why is it booming? Because people, there's a huge amount of piracy in Latin America. People didn't care, and they were just downloading like crazy, and 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 people didn't care. People were like, well, you know, who, who cares? You know, we're 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 hungry here. We, we don't need to spend money, and we're going to save money by not spending on music. But when streaming made it convenient, um, people started flocking to streaming. So the growth has been incredible. It's been, it has more growth than the U.S., faster growth than the U.S. And um, it's be, and what, what happens is people are streaming, the only, only problem, I guess, is the people are streaming the free tiers. They're not really subscribing to the paid tiers. They're, they're okay with it, but they just, as, as far as, because they don't, there's still no trust in credit cards for some reason. There's no trust in, there's very little trust in banks. It's a, a different mentality, and this is across the board in, in Latin America. Um, so, so yeah, so so they they uh, streaming has been booming because of that behavior. People want wanted everything free, everything convenient, and so streaming has been incredible for everybody. And with mobile, with the growth of mobile, um, it's it's just the penetration has been incredible. It's still and there's still a lot of room to grow. So it's a very very interesting market. That has coincided with the growth of Latin music. Especially Latin urban music, which is like our version of hip hop. Um, it's not really hip hop, but it's uh, they call it Latin urban. Which is you know there's a there's a guy called Jay Balvin right now. I'm just looking at the Spotify charts. He's number two in the world, after Ed Sheeran, which uh, above Taylor Swift. That's huge. Uh, we had we personally had Nicky Jam, it has been huge for us, and um, he started growing. These guys started growing because of YouTube. Mm-hmm. They no longer they no longer needed. A, to I guess to be on television for people to see them, but it was just a YouTube phenomenon. And Nicky Jam happened to be one of the biggest uh, Latin sites on YouTube, I guess Latin destinations on YouTube, like I'm sorry, channels on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And and he uh, that, that was a huge part of of his success. Actually, during South by Southwest a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, they had they had uh, the the YouTube Red House where they always have it. Mm-hmm. And they had a um, they had Nicky Jam with one of the five artists they had picked for for the conference. So it, it's a huge deal. The guy, he's he, they're very savvy. The Latin urban artists are very savvy. They know how to use their socials very well, and that has made that has changed everything. And that's why their their music is heard all around the world. So it provides a global, non-translated, not no barriers to moving country to country platform that may or may not end up having much money coming to them for doing it's funny that you mentioned the funny that you mentioned the non-translated because sometimes uh usually these artists are from puerto rico and um puerto rico and colombia mostly but the language they use in their songs is very street 
So nobody understands what they're saying, even if they speak Spanish. A lot of times they use these words like, what What are they saying? What are they talking about? So it's kind of funny because the translation sometimes doesn't work, in, in, even in Latin America, uh, especially in, in, like, in Argentina, if, if the guy is speaking with a Puerto Rican you know, slang, and they have no idea what he's saying, but they, they love it. They, they love it. So, so, um, so yeah. I thought it was just me because my Spanish is not very no, good. No, no, you'd be surprised. That, that's funny you say that. No, yeah. And sometimes people, even in in Colombia, say, "What was he saying? What, what does he mean when he says this?" So it's kind of funny. And people around the world don't care. Just it's just as long as it's a catchy, catchy chorus and you can dance to it and you know, have fun. That's that's what they want. And so yes, you... it's easier for them to reach a global global audience. Cool. How are they making money? I mean, um, there's lots of battles about. Um, the relative value of streaming on YouTube versus some other platforms. I know um, artists oftentimes are really looking to merch concerts, brand integrations, et cetera, to try to pay off on a, a YouTube environment. Have you seen anything working really well for the Latin urban artists or other Latin artists in their YouTube environments? Well, Latin urban artists, they, they're banking on live. They're making a lot of money on live shows. So they want their music out there for free. They're, they're releasing tracks every two weeks. Um, Sometimes, I mean, in, in, the, in the fastest case, every two weeks, uh, or at least a, a, every month, and, and they feature each other, just like they learn from the hip-hop you know, market here. So yeah, you promote each other, you mention the other, each other in songs, and you do featuring, and that's been huge for them. That's been huge for them, and, and, and they make a lot of money with live shows. So that and and some are getting into merchandising with this, with this, which is a new territory in Latin America. Yeah, believe it or not, merch is not a big deal. Uh, but yes, they're getting into merch. They're getting into huge, huge uh, revenues with live shows and and some sponsorships. Yes, you down there, you'll see sponsorships with uh, mobile companies and the telco companies. So so yeah, it's. They're 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 very savvy when it comes to making additional money. So the downloads maybe to the, the downloads and the streaming is, could be just the icing on the cake for them. YouTube income huge huge. If you look at the top ten uh, top ten uh, channels, Latin American channels, uh, you'll probably see a couple that are from Latin urban artists. So you've had the opportunity and privilege of being the innovation voice in a maybe a little more traditional space of distributing latin music what have been right. the challenges of standing in that spot uh in interrupting the, st the status quo people are very defensive when it comes to change say oh what is this guy going to teach us you know i'm not trying to teach i'm just trying to more or less uh, evangelize so i say hey look this is good for us we should do this i remember at first when you know we were one of the first uh, monetized channels 10 years ago and um they were like wow we can't do that that's that's piracy like well it's not really piracy we're going to make some money off the videos it's the pirates are going to upload it anyway so we might as well have some some control of what we're doing and and monetize it so so we actually got in very 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 early with youtube so so uh, it's been good for us youtube has been great for us it's been a really good uh, profit center for us uh, then we got into other areas of you know, you know deals with the different streaming companies and and it, it's been good the growth of streaming has coincided with the growth of latin urban so i'm not really sure if if it's a coincidence or if it's going to continue once once musical tastes change but but streaming there's there's also again i, I mentioned this already there's huge uh, growth uh, 
potential because penetra- mobile penetration is not 100% yet. So, so there, there's a huge, huge growth potential. Huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. So what has been your biggest surprise then in being this voice of, of innovation and evangelization in the companies you've worked with, with the artists you've worked with, et cetera? What have, what's been your biggest surprise? That people have adopted streaming so quickly and the rise of Latin urban. Latin urban was a dead genre here in the States. And uh, down there, it was uh, just a underground thing. And all of a sudden, it just, it just came back. It was, it was big in the early part of the century, then it died. And then it was dead for a while here. Radio stations, actually, one of the, ra- one of the rock radio stations I was working for here in Miami changed from alternative rock, like the heavier alternative rock, to Latin urban. And, w- from, and one day. I was like, oh, my God, wow. And at some point here in Miami, we had four Latin urban stations, and that lasted about a year, and they disappeared because there, no, there was no real market for it. But now, it's, now it changed again. So it was kind of a Latin urban is the comeback kid of the Latin industry. Now Latin urban is a new pop. It's, uh, it, everybody wants to do a featuring with these Latin urban artists. Everybody, I mean, everybody. All, now you have even Shakira doing featuring with a Latin urban art. Everybody. Every, across the board, everybody wants, you know, Enrique Iglesias, you know, we all know he did his, um, you know, he, he has a Latin urban features and everything. So everybody wants to be part of the Latin urban uh, movement now. And, and it's huge. If you look at the Latin Grammys, um, everything is Latin urban. So that's, it's, ta- it's really taken over. I, I never thought that would happen. It just seemed like something so, so underground and it wasn't like very with limited appeal, but no, now it's, it's, I guess they softened a bit. It's more pop oriented and so now it has mass appeal but now it's worldwide you know the biggest the biggest hit uh, on youtube the, the biggest watch video on youtube is a latin urban track so such time such such quick changes so um you've been seeing a lot of innovations over time what do you see coming up the pike anything that you are excited about or things that you see need to come and, and be changes i think the changes are going to happen with uh, metadata and accounting, which seems to be uh, the the not sexy part of the business, but it's an important part because everything is everything is data. So every 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 song file needs to be correctly identified for it for people to be able to make money. So so that has to be organized. We all hear about blockchain, where the files are going to be organized. Uh, we're going to know who's the composer, who's the writer, who's the producer, who's Who's everything with blockchain? At least that's the promise. Um, the, before the the promise was the celestial jukebox, which iTunes and Spotify do a great job of of, uh, of filling that need. But I think uh, there's going to be growth with the. We, we need to have uh, the 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 files, the ma- the data organized because that's a mess right now. Right now, there's a lot of services that, for example, Sound Exchange. They 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 pay some. They're paying some the wrong people. They they they're disputing the wrong tracks with the wrong people. There's there's a problem with ownership. Nobody knows who owns what. Some people know, uh, but there's a lot of tracks that are that are in limbo. I guess right now there's a bunch of a bunch of tracks that are they're just floating around. Nobody knows who owns them. There's partial ownership, and that, that's a problem with rights because it's a it's a rights business at the end of the day, and, and that's what people get paid for, is for their rights, for their copyright, for their ownership, and that has to be organized. There's a, there's still a huge mess in finding out who owns what, and uh, who should, no, actually, people know who, what, who owns what, it's just, how do they pay them? 
and who's getting paid, who's not getting paid. That, that's a problem. So we're going to see probably, uh, uh, and we're already seeing a lot of growth in these, um, I guess, uh, backbone companies who are developing um, better better file identification, you know, all these blockchain files and you know, blockchain services. Mm-hmm. Is it any different with Spanish language music? I uh, will probably think there's more of a mess in the Spanish uh, world. <laughs> probably, you know, because of, uh, you know, back, you know, they, they would, they had more of a traditional way of organizing, you know, filing things on paper, um, handshake agreements. That's a problem because now we're seeing, oh, well, this, this song's from 1960. Yeah, well, my brother wrote that with his cousin and, uh, yeah, but where's your cousin? And we need a signature. You know, it's, it, we're, we're seeing a lot of, a lot of songs that can't be released here because of, uh, because of incorrect filing, so some a lot of many songs can't be released here in the states because they're not properly identified, and uh, and if they're not properly identified, then you know that we we can't really release them. So that, that's a problem. So other than your own wonderful company, are there other companies that you are excited about now or intrigued about? Yes, uh, I like I have total admiration for Cobalt. Cobalt, I think they're very uh, progressive company um they may have been around for a while but they seem like they came back out of nowhere all of a sudden boom this new cool company that um that that is very transparent with and and with in real time accounting and real time performance and i think that's important for any artist to see and managers to know so everybody wants to know you know exactly in real time. We we can do this. We can do this in real time. We know the the technology is there, and I think uh, Cobalt offer that. That's a company I've always admired as far as a music business company. And the other one would be Dubset. Dubset is an up and, up and coming or already pretty much very well on their way company that uh, identifies uh, ownership and remixes or identifies uh, the who, remixes are, are very a big part of electronic music as we all know. Mm-hmm. But if they just grab a little sample, no, it, sometimes those samples don't get monetized. And Dubset is probably going to improve that. So they, they will identify the track and be able to, to find out who, who owns that little piece and be able to monetize it. So I think it's, there's, there's, uh, that's a good way, another possible profit center with Dubset. Wow. Um, you see a, a really interesting sliver of all of this. Do you have any last thoughts to share with us as to things that you are working on or heading towards or enjoying from your own view of the music business? Well, I'm, I'm always looking for, for new things. So that's something I'm every year I have to I go to these shows. I don't want to say I have to. I really enjoy it. <laughs> I go to these shows to look for you know latest technologies. Uh, there's a lot of good things coming out. I think um, where where do you go? I know that um, I think I saw you at SF Music Tech. I go to yeah SF Music Tech. I like uh, South by Southwest is a good place to, to 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 keep a finger on the pulse. I go to Medem and uh, Cannes, France. Mm-hmm. I go to I go to quite a few. I go to uh, Indie Week in New York, which is a good place to to see everybody from the industry. So I go to quite a few a year. So I have like a little tour circuit that I do. And I'm always going, I still go to panels. I still like to learn. I mean, you have to con- always learn, always keep on learning. Very important. And I think for aspiring musicians that you can't get enough knowledge in this industry. You can't, it's not like it used to where you had a manager and you had a, you know, you had everybody else taking care for your stuff. If, if you want to, a musician of the future needs to have, needs to be very savvy and understand a little bit more of their craft than just the music. 
it, it doesn't hurt. It really helps a whole lot. I've found that the most successful artists today are the ones that are the most business savvy, who understand social networks, who understand where the money's coming from. And it's not like it used to be, where you said, like, again, like you have the manager handle all the stuff. Now you have to be savvy. So the musician of the future has to know know a lot, know a lot about technology. Know at, at least, I don't want to say the, the, the backbone part of technology, the coding, not necessarily, but know how to interact with, with, with their fans and know how to, how to grow. And especially as all of this keeps changing, as innovation keeps churning along and bringing us new solutions. Correct. It's only going to get more technology, more more technological. So, well, thanks for joining us. Appreciate the time and uh, appreciate your sharing your thoughts with our podcast audience. Thank you very much, Gigi. Thank okay. you. Okay. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Many thanks to the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation for being our hosts of this ongoing series. You can subscribe to us in all the usual places, or you can come find us at innovation.schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. Join us again to follow the other adventures that we will be tracking down in Innovating Music. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites and you can find those in the show notes.